20 years ago, most people wouldn't have imagined how integrated the internet would be with our daily lives. By the same token, uh, token, get it? Most people don't see the blockchain revolution as it's happening. Jinglan Wang is the executive director of the Blockchain Education Network. One of their objectives is to help students start or grow their blockchain clubs around the world. We'll speak with Jing to discover more about how the students of today will be developing and running the blockchains of tomorrow. Also, the SEC is pursuing criminal charges against a crypto scam. Rising stars of the blockchain hip-hop world, Travis and I are going to get jingy with it. So turn it up and check the beat, boy. It's episode number 107 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Word. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Word to you, Travis. Word, I say. Mm, word to you, my friend, comrade. Very nice of you to see. Yeah, you are still in Kiev. Your flight got, like, borked or something. What happened? I, I'm pretty sure, Mr. Jolkom, I will never leave Ukraine now. I am permanent Ukrainian. I was thinking- You're hacking our podcast. I hack elections now. I am very integrated into the whole ecosystem. Well, tell Vladimir that he needs to be uh, subscribing to the Bad Crypto Podcast because that's what you're listening to right now. The show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And we are the blockchain blockheads in two hemispheres at the moment. Welcome to the show. Vladimir Putin on the Ritz. (laughs) Pooty Poot. Comrade, we have great show today for listeners of the Republic of Birkryptopia. Ah, Segovnia, ya gavaritie, blockchain e Bitcoin, blockchain education. I got the blockchain part, but I don't understand the rest. So maybe, uh, you know, when we get really big in Russia, we can have uh, blockchain blockheads actually speak Russian. We can have our Russian counterparts. That would be great. Actually, I love the yeah. language. I, I, I studied it when I was in the army and um, as a in the military intelligence as a Russian linguist. But then over the course of 20 plus years of not using it, like you lose it because you don't read the Cyrillic language. And now what's been so fun about being here in the Ukraine is literally walking around and reading things and then being correct about it and going, oh, yeah, I read that. That was nice. Uh, I can tell what that is. It's been really cool. I, it makes me want to brush up on my Russian and, and, and actually uh, get fluent in it again. Hmm. Brushing up on the Russian. That's brushing. Brushing, Russian, Prussian. You'd be brushing. You're learning. You like, you like learning. And you know who else is all about learning is our, uh, our guest today. Jinglan Wang is all about education. And we did a great interview with her. I'm going to say it's great. I think it was great, mostly because she's great, mm-hmm. not because we're, we're yeah, we're not so great. You know what? Not only is she great, she's totally dope and yeah. super chill, laid back and very hilarious. And I think her answers were were pretty solid. It was funny in this interview. What I what I is <laughs> like, Joel would ask a question and she would kind of bust your balls, kind of like John McAfee busted mine. So now that was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she jingland me. Yeah. Oh, you you got jingland, dude. So here it is with all the ball busting that you would hope to expect from the Bad Crypto Podcast, our interview with Jinglan Wang. 
Mr. Travis Wright, it was just last week that we had Jeremy Gardner on the show, and the name of one Jinglan Wang came up in our conversation, and he said, oh yeah, that Jing, she's great. Well, look, here she is with us right now, the one and only Jinglan Wang, Executive Director of Blockchain Educational Network and the Blockchain Product Manager at the one and only NASDAQ, you know, the stock oh, exchange. Don't work anymore. Well, it was the one and only pro blockchain product manager at NASDAQ. Uh -huh, former. And, 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 and you'll be able to tell us why you're not and what you're doing now. Hey, Jing, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> and this is why we're bad, because our bios are out of date. Uh, I should, no, I, that's my bad. I should have provided a bio. Maybe. I don't work at NASDAQ anymore. That's a song, isn't it? I don't work at NASDAQ anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I love your hey, I love your Bitcoin shirt, by the way. That is epic. Yeah, rocking it. Hey, Keep keeping it on um, brand. I did at the coffee shop this morning. Thought it said "bitch." Yeah. So he couldn't read, basically. Well, I had a I had a jacket on. Oh. And the letters kind of wrap around my torso. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I could see how that would be. And like, Bitcoin. did he not want to talk to you because he saw that? He's like, stay away from that one. No, he was making my coffee, and he was like. Yo, girl, that's a cool shirt you've got. And I was like, oh, thanks. Do you like cryptocurrencies? He's like, what's cryptocurrencies? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it says Bitcoin. He's like, And oh. you were like, yo, bitch. Yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? How you don't know, how you don't know cryptocurrency? Get out of my face. Yes, that's good. I like that. Very friendly. So you have done some really cool stuff. We, as, as Joel mentioned, we chatted with Jeremy Gartner uh, last week, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And uh, you and him have co-founded the Blockchain Education Network. And, and maybe tell our audience a little bit about the, the inspiration and how you and Jeremy started working together and, and building this epic organization. So uh, initially, it was Jeremy and a couple of his friends who started it in 2014. And at the time, it was called the College Cryptocurrency Network. And the goal then was to unite these like early adopter, innovative students across campuses because a lot of schools were like, we don't want any drug money on campus and didn't allow Bitcoin clubs and professors didn't know what cryptocurrencies were. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, Jeremy's made me a co-founder because I've taken the organization in a different direction. Um, I don't think we really need to put any more energy into getting people interested in crypto. People are already interested in crypto. I care a lot more about education. So now that we have all this interest flooding the ecosystem, how do people know what is or is not a scam? Where do people start if they want to begin contributing back to these projects? I don't really care about people who are trying to invest money. I care more about people who want to invest time and brains. And we want to give people a solid bastion of good integrity, solid projects, non-scams, and lots of good technical and related information, I guess. Yeah, we don't, we don't, if you're investing in blockchain, get lost because you and your cryptos don't matter to Jing. She's all about making a difference with blockchain. And really, I think that kind of focus is so much more essential. I mean, really, when people are just wondering when Lambo, when Moon, they're missing the whole point, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, if you're investing in cryptos, that's totally cool. Hit me up. I'm a 501c3 nonprofit. Your donations are tax deductible. Take those crypto gains and come at me. Yeah, I totally welcome that. Come at but, me, bro, um, with your crypto. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo. Are, are we getting jingy with it now? <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Mr. Joel Com took my joke. That is great. I, I told him we're going to get jingy with it. And then Joel comes the very nice. Couldn't let me have that one. <laughs> hey, you busted me the other time whenever I took your joke. So now we're even. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so so let's talk specifically about um, you know I, I want to close the loop on you not being at Nasdaq anymore. I'm curious, uh, what kind of blockchainy stuff do they do at Nasdaq? I don't really want to talk about Nasdaq. <laughs> you know, I think public blockchains are cooler than. Enterprise blockchains. Well, we just closed that loop then. And we, we made it, it was a really small loop, but we closed that sucker. It's more like an earring, like a really small earring than a loop. Well, uh, but, earthworm. well, screw that question. Let's talk about what you do want to talk about then, which is the blockchain educational network. Cool. We're launching a couple courses. First course, first series of courses we're launching is with the Ethereum Foundation. Um, we're working with Carl, Carl Flersch. That's how you pronounce his last name, and Vlad Zamfir. Um, Carl's going to be teaching like a crypto economics fundamentals course, more of like a common denominator course for non-technical people and technical people all to get jingy with it on crypto economics. <laughs> <laughs> she just stole that's your so joke great. there, no, Travis. That's perfect. Of course, it's yeah, not the her. first time she's heard it. I'm going to leave the jokes to you guys. The next course is a more hardcore crypto economics course for people who are already super technical so that they have a, uh, a base to start participating in the Correct by Construction Tasper course with Vlad. I'm looking at the website now. It's uh, blockchain oh, edu. Super shitty. The website is really terrible. I'm recoding it. But, um, you don't even want me to tell people the URL, do you? I'm bandwidth constrained, so I found someone else to do it. So hopefully we'll have a, a, a new dope slick website up soon. Okay, so now that we've set your expectations low, everybody, it's blockchainedu.org, and uh, it's it's still in the early phase. And so, you you know, now that the expectations are set in the basement, anything you see there, it's like not just an image map, I promise you. It's going to be a sweet, dope website. Jing just, Jing, Jing just assured us of that. Both sweet and dope. Sweet and dope. I like that. That's great. So now let's say I'm a guy who wants to learn how to build blockchains, right? I'm not a college student. And I know that originally the your, your network that you created was a sort of, the as you just mentioned, the college crypto network. What about folks who, you know, are, are just curious about blockchain and want to learn how to build blockchain but aren't necessarily in a university? Are you, do you guys cater to those guys as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, initially this network was built, constructed of students who were putting time and energy into teaching each other about blockchains when no school offered a curriculum. Mm. It's a bunch of go-getters who love sharing information and knowledge with no expectation of return. And that's the way it's been for the past four years. So we have a pretty active Slack. We're migrating over to Discord. Um, but any of the directors, like any of the longtime Ben Blockchain Education Network students, you can hit them up and people are really excited to share information. Well, let's talk a little bit about then about the big vision, like in creating this thing. You know, it wasn't just, hey, it's going to be grassroots blockchain education. And we're going to try and see what happens. You, you've got to have a big dream around this. What is that? Yeah. So right now, the people who are building dope things are putting all their time and energy into doing research and programming and don't have that much time to 
be doing documentation or teaching people along the way. And if these dope developers are teaching, it's in order to get more talent on their projects specifically. There are a lot of concepts uh, that can be abstracted out of specific projects and taught as a general blockchain curriculum, like kind of like a, the CFA course for blockchains. So I think the goal is to help these individual projects and companies build out courses for their specific project uh, and over time componentize the material that we've created for each course. And well, pardon my ignorance, but what's CFA? It's the finance exam thing that people take. Ah, see, I, w- I wouldn't know that because I don't take exams. Oh, I don't either. I just saw a bunch of CFA books recently, and it looked like a really good central stack of a ton of finance knowledge. Yeah, well, we're not financial advisors, so we wouldn't know about any of that. Oh, yeah, neither am I. <laughs> but we, we, are, we are fake coin advisors, and I, I advise everybody to get a fake Dogecoin. Because, because, wow, much coin, how money, so crypto, please mine, rich, very currency. (laughs) It's pretty good. I like that. I I need a fake Dogecoin. eBay. eBay, baby. Fake Doge. Oh, you know what? Actually, it wasn't eBay that I got the Dogecoin. Travis, ask your question, and I will find out where I got the Dogecoin. Okay. So let me ask you this, Gene. So when we're talking about education within blockchain, I know there's a lot of people out there who are interested in learning about that, right? Specifically decentralized apps and, and how the whole thing works. So, so maybe what are some topics that are important for folks to be thinking about or for them to understand when they're beginning to learn about crypto blockchain in this whole decentralized world? I think you mean for like people who are already developers or just in general? You know what? There's in general, I know there's the developers out there who are looking to transition in the blockchain and there's, you know, like my son, who's not necessarily a developer, but he's really interested in blockchain. Where does he even begin? So I guess maybe where do you begin at the beginning if you're not a developer and if you're a developer, Where do you go from there to begin to transition into the blockchain space? Well, I think it all depends on what your interest in blockchains is driven by. If it's driven by profit, the resources that you should look at are totally different than if it's driven by, you know, a general sense of anarchy. So like for the anarchists who already understand the pros and cons of centralized systems and already believe in the power of decentralization, there's... I don't know. I think they could probably start with Solidity tutorials because the the Ethereum developer tools are pretty resource rich. There's a lot of help, mentorship, nice interfaces, tutorials, courses targeted towards the Ethereum developer community. And I think it's also the most like noob friendly on ramp into blockchain. What about the non-anarchists? Depends on why they're interested. I don't know. There are people who are getting like really excited about decentralized Airbnb, things like that. I don't know. I don't really quite understand it and I'm not sure where to point them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's more of general FOMO and love of hype, um, in which case, you know, Coindesk. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so do you say to be a really good developer in blockchain, you've got to have some anarchy tendencies? Oh, yeah, uh, maybe not. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh-oh. I guess uh, most of the really passionate uh, contributors to the crypto ecosystem that I've met 
um, who started before profit was the main motive, really saw the value in decentralized systems. And that sometimes that meant they were libertarians or crypto anarchists. Or, you know. Gotcha. I don't want to talk myself into a hole. <laughs> uh, Would you like a shovel? <laughs> okay, so I found the uh, the location of where one can get a fake Doge. It is the Shiba Mint, S-H-I-B-E, mint.com. And they actually have a new one for 2018, the year of the Doge, which is on sale for $10.88, and, and I have to pick one up now. That including shipping? That includes shipping. No, it does not include shipping. It's like $13 for a, it's like a piece of copper, you know, it's like a couple pennies worth, but we get it because we love the cryptos and we respect the doge. Much love, such wow, excite. How long have you all been cryptoing? How long have we been cryptoing? Yeah. Oh, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast with host <laughs> Jinglan, Jinglan Wang. And Jing's guests today are Joel Kahn and Travis Wright. Well, that's a really good question, Jing. You know, I've been cryptoing since last spring, I want to say May 2017, and I love it so much. Yeah, I have, I have a different answer. So I originally started cryptoing back in 2010 with my laptop, and I was mining some Bitcoin, and I mined a block of Bitcoin and got myself 50 Bitcoin. And then I went to a Bitcoin faucet and got five Bitcoin for free. And I realized, oh, my God, my computer is running really fast. This is stupid. And so I did, I no longer mined Bitcoin. And then my computer crashed, and I threw my computer away and forgot to get my Bitcoin off of there. And so I have lost 55 Bitcoin. That's a good <laughs> story. I know. That's a good story. It's a true story. And then I found it again in 2013, and I was looking for some crypto buddies. But I really didn't have anybody who like it resonated with. I was like, man, check this out. This big, look at this. This is an interesting space. And like, and then nobody got excited around me. And I was like, ah. And then finally, Mr. Joel Com started to get excited about the cryptos with me. And so here we are. And I just couldn't hide it. I was so excited. So, well, how about you tell your story, Jing? When did you go down the rabbit hole? <laughs> Around 2012, I was a freshman in college studying art and architecture. I was trying to send money to China. And um, on Western Union at the time, if I remember correctly, if you're sending under 1,000 USD, there was a 12% fee. It was like an 8% fee and then like some flat rate for sending money under $1,000. But in total, I paid $120 fee to send $1,000. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I was looking for cheaper alternatives. I figured out what I figured out that Bitcoin, I thought Bitcoin was a company that allowed you to send uh, money globally for a really low fee. And I got really excited. I was like, wow, this is like a great you know opportunity to make money. I had a bunch of Chinese friends on campus. I was like, maybe I can get everyone together and be a middleman here and just market myself as Western, better than Western Union. Yeah, she comes up. She's like, "I'm going to create this this own BitConnect. It's going to be amazing, and it's going to be better <laughs> than Western. It's like best Western, only better than Western. It's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should have done that. Gene um, Connect. Was a was a was a was a, or it would it would be Wenga 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 Wenga. No. Wow. 
scary. That was scary. Uh, well, uh, you know what? I heard a story this morning that's even worse than your story, Travis. Um, losing them, a guy that I've known for a number of years. I won't name him by name. Uh, What's but his initials? Re- but but Rex um, originally bought. Um, hundreds of Bitcoin at 50 cents. Oh, wow. And he said, he says, here's how smart I am. I bought hundreds at 50 cents. And then he said, and here's how stupid I am. I sold them at $5. Oh. He had a pretty good returns. He had a 10x return um, and sold hundreds of them at $5. And today uh, he he no longer has them. Mm. Oh, that's sad. I thought it was genius when I bought Bitcoin in like, November 2011 or somewhere around then for $5.50 each. And then I sold it at $50. I was like, wow, I am just going to retire. I'm so smart. Nice. You, you, you so smart. I mean, <laughs> my parents were like, be careful. Bitcoin is not real money. You have to be careful. And I was hey, like, that's, that's racist to talk like with, you know, Chinese accent like that. Is it? What if the speaker has Chinese accent? I think it's actually legit. Hashtag accent all you want. Well, actually, they spoke to me in Chinese, and I just want you guys to feel as though you are being spoken to in Chinese. Yeah. So what what do you, what do you know? What is your connection still? You know, as far as you might know, what's happening in China? Can you give any insights at all? Um, I have no idea what's happening in China. I was literally just trying to send money to my family. Okay. Well, that, that that was another closed loop that was really small. That was good. <laughs> you have the best questions today, Mr. Joe Com. Apparently. I'm just going to sit here and let you ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to let Jing interview us because her question was good. That was pretty solid. Why do I start a podcast? Yeah, why, Travis? Why do we decide to do a podcast? Well, for one, uh, Mr. Joel Com and I were having phone calls and, and conversations almost every day about crypto. Right. So we were talking about politics and we were grumping about politics and we said, eh, let's not grump about politics anymore. We were chatting about crypto. And then I had discovered ant shares and I was like, whoa, this is like Chinese Ethereum, man. This is like two dollars. We should figure out how to get on Bitrix, see if we can't get some of this. And then Joel jumped right on, figured it out. And he got on Bitrix, bought a whole bunch of ant shares. Then I could find I finally figured it out got over on ant shares when it was like five dollars he got it when it was like two dollars he bought a whole bunch and then we all know it turned into neo and then and it, it <clears throat> ramped up and became all amazing so we we're like this is awesome look at how much look at how much fun we're having and it's profitable we really decided we wanted to teach you know people how crypto worked we wanted to teach the masses you know about crypto as we were really learning about crypto so we're kind of creating our own crypto education network through our podcast, essentially, and teaching people and educating and entertaining people, because really, deep down, we're both, you know, crypto medians. And uh, we just want to tell jokes. Nerds. How do you guys know each other? Wow, she is doing the interview. She's doing the here. interview here. This is great. Yeah, flip the switch uh, on from, us. from the marketing space. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm an author, and Travis is a leading marketing technologist. We've both been in the space for a long time, and uh, we got introduced by our mutual friend Lori Ruff, um, who I call the heart of social media. And Lori's just fantastic, great connector. And Travis and I have known each other, and you know, met a couple times in person uh, before we ever did the show and, and we thought, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do a show with you or not. It's, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Might as well do it. Might as well do a show. 
So, so let me ask you this then, then I want to ask a question back to you because this is how this works, Jing. I don't know why you're all trying to take over our podcast like this. <laughs> so what are some things like some basic things? Like there's a lot of people who want to understand about cryptocurrency. Some people are, you know, a little intimidated by it. So what are some of the things that you, that you teach people and tell them about crypto and blockchain whenever they're starting to get started in the space? Um, so if people really have no idea about crypto, I usually recommend Andreas Antonopoulos as a good starting point. Um, he's a really amazing speaker, really colorful, engaging analogies. Both Internet of Money books are books that I recommended to numerous friends who are now like pretty gung-ho cryptopians. I, I think he... I think he's a friendly introduction to all the promises of decentralization and cryptocurrencies. Um, he's te- technical enough to, I don't know, engage technical people, but he doesn't get so in the weeds that he scares people off. So I usually encourage people to start there. And if they want to get more technical, they can go read Mastering Bitcoin or they can take the Bitcoin and Cryptocurrencies course by Arvind Narayanan, Ed Felton, and a couple others. Um, you can take it on Coursera, the textbook, the pre-publication textbook is available for free as a PDF. Um, you can download the homework exercises on your own. Um, people at the Blockchain Education Network um, who d- completed the course will help you with your problem sets. And then from there, people typically find their own paths. How, how do you feel about Superman's uh, crypto course? Who that? <laughs> That's good. That's He's, the right answer. That is the right answer. How do you feel about James Altucher? Uh, that sounds familiar. He's a crypto genius. Isn't that what he says about himself? That's, crypto what the, genius? that's what the ads say. How do you feel about Jamie Dimon? Oh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly what Travis Wright would say. That is the perfect and answer. You have the best answers. She has the best I answers. Just want to say. Uh, so Ethereum or Neo? Ethereum. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay, now I feel really bad. Well, that's that's like... No, you should just say, Mr. Joel Com, you ask the dumbest questions. That's, that's great. You know, Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash? No comment. No comment. Really? No comment. Come on. We want to hear your comments. What are your thoughts? I can't comment. You're wearing a Bitcoin shirt, but it's not BTC. So we don't know what you mean by Bitcoin. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I like the mystery of that. She likes okay, the mystery. So I, I try to stay uh, neutral. Agnostic. Yes, I try to stay neutral. Switzerland. I, I try to stay neutral unless something is obviously a scam. That's so all. that's good. So Bitcoin Diamond. How do you feel about that? <laughs> what about no. Super Bitcoin? These are horrible. These are horrible questions. How, how about Super Duper Doji Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. sounds. That sounds totally legit. Let me ask you this: What are some of the things that you're seeing in blockchain? that are innovative now because there's there's some really interesting things that are popping up on on blockchain that are solving some really interesting problems so what are what are some of the industries that maybe you've seen or some projects that you've seen so we know ethereum that's a great that's a great blockchain you know, dragon chains All right, let her answer so, the question so, so, travis so crying out loud well i was finishing i was kind of wrapping up the question mrs Joel Cobb. You, you've asked it twice already let her answer the question okay gosh busting my balls now <laughs> One cool project that um, whose talk I missed at the MIT Bitcoin Expo, but that I plan to go back and look over, is ZK Ledger. The paper was recently published by Madars Virsa 
and Neha Narula and a couple others. And it's about how to do accounting for privacy coins. How can you do auditing and accounting for anonymous cryptocurrencies without revealing any data? Uh, we're keeping your anon anonymity still, right? That's the key. Keeping your anonymity and private, but mm -hmm. verifying and auditing your transactions to make sure that you aren't anything up. Yeah, I like mm -hmm. to say anonymousness. Anonymous. It's anonymous-like. Yeah. It has certain layers of anonymity. Yeah, <laughs> that is a hard word to say. Anonymity, antiquity. Anonymity. anemones. No, that's good. Anonymous sea anemone. Mm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. so what, off the rails. This, this is bad. This is bad. I got one here. So, what are some big problems that you're seeing in the space right now? I know there's some there's some crypto scams and there's different things out there, but with blockchain and crypto, what are some problems that you see in the space that we need to fix before we can gain mass adoption? Um, I think that's a pretty hairy question. I think beyond scams, because I don't think people talk enough about scams. I think talent is. Uh, something that, that a lot of projects really need. I guess that's where I, I've been focusing my time and energy is in helping bridge these talent gaps. We don't necessarily need to train non-devs from the ground up, but like getting people who are top dogs in their respective industries to get interested in crypto, get some distributed systems engineers thinking about you know proof of stake and Casper, things like that. I think that's one problem. Another problem that I see that I'm seeing a lot of my friends grapple with is governance. So a lot of people are thinking about the incentive structures for both on-chain and off-chain governance, how to implement that for their respective token projects. I think it's really difficult to design secure consensus mechanisms, and it's cool to see the progress that people are making on solving those problems. What, what do you think, you know, I, I, we've heard, depending who you talk to, they say, um, you know, Bitcoin in the top 10 are the only cryptos to pay attention to. But we regularly speak with ICOs that have creative ideas. Uh, we don't know whether or not they're money grabs, but it, it looks like the ones that we interview are intending to solve a problem. Do you think that there's room for all these various altcoins, you know, the hundreds of altcoins or do you think that this that this approach to utility tokens is flash in a pan? I think there is potentially room for a future with a gajillion coins. I don't know if it's going to be the gajillion coins that have cropped up recently, but money is software now. Money is just code. And you can literally make that shit up. <laughs> a kajinglin coins. Yeah, you can make some coins. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, another thing is like, Cryptocurrencies, unlike companies, don't die. You can majorly, but as long as a small group of people still persist in believing that it has value, it has value and can revive itself at some point in the future. Unlike Which is why BitConnect is at $1.25 today, because there's still some people that believe it has value. <laughs> yeah, people are always going to believe it, you know, in lizard people or aliens and I think as long as that there are people who believe in aliens, there will be people who believe that cryptocurrencies have value. Well, so what, there's, no such, there's not a such thing as aliens. We are technically aliens. On a we planet. are lizard people. Travis we are, well, we're not lizard, lizard people. people. <laughs> but that was weird. I didn't mean to do that.
I am a lizard. <laughs> I saw a funny vi- video about Zuckerberg being a lizard, and um, I laughed. I thought that was great. I love what you said right there, though. You said that money is software. Money is now code, right? And that, to me, makes a whole lot of sense because with fiat currency, right, which is a term that most people have no clue about. They still haven't heard the term fiat currency. But to know that now money is a code, money is software, it can be built into systems and triggered to be released at certain times based on these contracts, I think that's I think that's a phenomenal way to look at it. And that's something that I think could maybe help awaken people to to view digital money and cryptocurrency as the next wave of the future. Let me ask you this. What is it going to take to reach mass adoption for people who are using it? Because right, they're investing, we're speculating in crypto, but a lot of people aren't using it on a daily basis yet. So how, do, how are we going to reach? What can we do to help the masses start using more cryptos? Um, I think one part of it is like memification, you know, money as a meme. I don't know. I think a lot of this might not be a popular opinion, but I think a lot of the momentum behind cryptocurrencies has similar strength to religious fervor. Nothing really works yet. Um, nothing is scalable. CryptoKitties brought Ethereum to its knees. Nothing works. But these cryptocurrencies persist and will hopefully eventually gain mass adoption because there are, are cult-like communities i say that with love i'm part of these cults cult like communities surrounding these currencies wait i need to go find my kool-aid where's hey kool-aid <laughs> oh yeah don't drink it don't drink it don't drink it joel too late too oh, late no, i drink the kool-aid yeah oh no i think it'd be hubristic for me to say that i know how cryptocurrencies are going to achieve mainstream adoption but i think once we have got all the course figured out at a protocol level whoever builds meme money will achieve mass adoption. So right now we're kind of in this uh, cooling off phase and a lot of fear, uncertainty and doubt because I think a lot of big money is potentially waiting on the sidelines for government regulation. Would you care to speculate at all on what you think that's going to look like, you know, here in the United States? So technically? um, Or philosophically, you know, whatever. Does it matter well i i don't you think do you think it matters are you saying it doesn't matter enough decentralized services to do what you need to do that are um, censorship resistant and independent of government control then at the end of the day this regulation yeah it matters i have to say it matters because they run a nonprofit and they're all about you know being friendly with regulation but so it so it matters. I mean, we don't want it to matter, right? Isn't that the spirit of decentralization and, and uh, you know of crypto? But we we want it to not matter, but it does. And you know, here in the United States, you if you're a regular Joe or Joel or Travis, let's say you're not a qualified investor, you can't participate in an ICO because of regulation. That matters. You don't have to participate in the ICO. You can buy the coins on the secondary market. Usually for cheaper? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Sometimes for cheaper. <laughs> Sometimes cheaper. Who knows? Yeah. Is it a stop when it launches? I think, what it- I think consumer protection, with, with regards to ICOs, I think the regulation exists for a reason. And I think it's good that it exists. I don't think 
the average Joe necessarily knows what he or she is buying into. So if they're barred from participating in scam ICOs, go regulations. But what if they're not a scam? What if I, I want to be able to invest in it? Yeah, but I wanted to invest. I, I wanted to invest in in Wanchain, but I was not able to because I'm a U.S. citizen. All of a sudden, they went ba boom. They've gone 10x right out of the gate because they have a great platform. But not all of them are scams. And isn't it up to us though if we want to lose our own money? It should be our right. I mean, I can go down to the store and buy a bunch of lottery tickets if I want, or I can go to Vegas and blow a couple thousand dollars on slot machines if I want. Right? I don't need to be regulated from that. Yeah, if you want to lose all of your money, that's totally up to you. I think that if you want to lose all your money, but you're barred from participating in ICOs, I'd be happy to aid you in lighting it on fire. Okay. And, and, and Travis, you can go down to the store and buy cigarettes. So you could also get cancer. That's mm, good. Lose all your money and, and get, get cancer. cancer. You you tell the best stories. This this right here is like bedtime stories of just happiness. This is good. Lose all your money. I think even sophisticated investors have trouble with determining which ICOs they should or should not invest in. All of A lot of this is moon math. And while so many protocol level things haven't been figured out, people are already investing in application level things. I think people should be careful. And I think it's, um, I don't think that there are a ton of resources out there to educate people on what they should or should not invest in. And people are susceptible to hype. And a lot of these scam ICOs are using fake marketing, putting loans from established institutions on their websites without their permission. For example, I saw this token that had uh, under partners the Ethereum Foundation logo. And I hit up my friend's Ethereum Foundation. I was like, seriously? And they were like, whoa, we did not okay that. Wow. So, right. So false advertising abounds, and I think it's good that there are rules in place to prevent people from losing their life savings. Yeah. That was a good quote you said. ICOs are like moon math. Yeah, that, that's a good one, and I like the, the, you know, the one about software is money. What was that? Uh, I'm, saying, I'm saying a lot of crypto is moon math. A lot of crypto is moon math, yeah. Yeah, because when moon. <laughs> okay, okay. I meant like um, crazy math. But when moon math is ICO math. I, I want you to know that the <laughs> citizens so of the moon, the citizens of the moon think that that's racist, that you think they can't do math. <laughs> what about the moon bats? Got to think about the moon bats. So let me ask you this, Jing, let's bring it back. So what are some final things that you would like our audience to know about blockchain or know about the blockchain education network or anything out there that you're working on that you would like our audience to know before we wrap this up? Um, I think if people are interested in learning how to code uh, on blockchain things and have a bit of a coding background already, they can visit our YouTube channel. We have a bunch of tutorials up there um, for how to create a variety of things. They can join our Discord or our Slack, which are accessible through our website. If you have a ton of crypto gains that you need to offset, you can donate blockchainedu.org slash donate. How much exactly is a ton? And, you know, it's relative. Enough <laughs> where you feel like you want to donate. I don't know if that was moon math. Well, and is there a metric <laughs> version of it is what I want to know. Yeah. What is, <laughs> that's called a kilo. Um, <laughs> in 2017, we ran the entire organization on a budget of $7,000. So we really make donations stretch. Oh, that's great. Um, we're ramping up a bit this year. So probably going to be spending more than $7,000 as... We now have paid employees. Woo. Oh, and if you're interested in working for not great pay, but for a really dope mission, uh, I'm also hiring. 
Very good. Oh, there you go. That sounds dope. You know, is there a dope coin, you know, that we could we could blockchain dope things? No, like it's, put it's, all a, cool it's things a dope token. It's a dope token is what it is. <laughs> I, I get it. I see what you did there. <laughs> Jinglan Wang uh, is the guest. Blockchainedu.org is the soon-to-be revised site that will be totally dope, maybe even sick, maybe even sick nasty, because I understand that's like better than just sick. Wicked and better sick. Wicked. Than, and uh, we're going to link to uh, her Twitter and blog and LinkedIn in the show notes. You guys can check it out at badcode.in forward slash 107. Jing, thanks. You've been a lot of fun and informative. Peace out. Mr. Travis Wright, as we discussed previously, we're moving our news segments to a once a week show. We're going to try this out where we go on Facebook Live to our private mastermind group, which y'all are invited to at badco.in forward slash mastermind. You just need to answer a few questions, which uh, include your blood type and shoe size. Um, and, and you'll be able to watch live there, but we're going to then release that as an episode. It's going to be called Bad News. <laughs> kind of, I like that. Mm-hmm. But we want to keep the the spirit of the news alive. And so we think during each episode, we'll probably pick out one piece of news that we like or we want to talk about. And uh, so we'll do that because we're going to do what we want to do because this is our show and we do what we want. May the spirit of the news be with you. And this really is bad news. You heard us talk several months ago about a ICO called CentraCard that was being promoted by Floyd Mayweather Jr. and DJ Khalid or Khaled or called, or whatever, however you pronounce his last name, uh, Major Key, Major, Major Key, key. get Major the crypto, uh. Major Key, SEC, bro. Um, oh, yeah. no, you didn't. This is, oh. this is not good. Well, it's not good for them. It's it's good for uh, the crypto world when the scams are called out. And that's what's happened here. Um, so Rob Sharma and Robert Farkas, uh, were the operators of the Centra Tech. They raised $32 million for their ICO. And the SEC is saying, nope, stop. Nope. And their name is Sharma and Farkas. So they kind of harmed all their people and they farked everyone. They farked themselves, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's the old tweet. Not only was there a tweet from Floyd Mayweather, but there was also he Instagrammed it, right? Centra's ICO starts in a few hours. Get yours before they sell out. I got mine. And then he had it on Instagram. He had it on his Facebook. He did not say promoted on there, right? So whenever you do promotion-type stuff as an influencer – you know, you have to say promoted, you have to say sponsored, or you have to say ad, you have to say something that lets people know that that is sponsored, which is one reason why when we do an ICO spotlight, that those are sponsored, we let you know that they're sponsored. Uh, you know, we couldn't go through and do a show and, and, and act like they're not sponsored, even though they are, that would not be ethical. And the SEC and stuff, they kind of frown on those type of things. So we're trying to, we keep everything above board. Uh, Centratech did not. 
They didn't. Uh, they claimed to have relationships with Visa and MasterCard, and both companies sent cease and desist letters to Centrotech because they did not have relationships. And apparently they falsified executive credentials. Uh, Michael Edwards was listed as the CEO and co-founder. Uh, his LinkedIn profile said he had an MBA from Harvard, and Jessica Robinson was listed as the CFO. Um, neither Edwards nor Robinson is a real person. Hmm. Oh, ho, ho, ho. yeah. And not only that. That was a French, Travis. You were like, oh, 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 not a real person. But not only that, they got added on Binance. They were got added on Cryptopia. Apple, the App Store added them. Google Play added them. I mean, there was, they had to be laughing. They're like, they're like, oh my God, we're not even a real company and we're getting all this legitness. And, and I'm, I'm going to follow up with this story on Gizmodo because there's another scam that was built on Ethereum. It was called Proteum. And I guess the, the, it was built on uh, Ethereum and the website disappeared this uh, recently. And all that was left on the website when somebody went there was the word penis. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the, the website was a white page and it just, oh, yeah, there's a link to that. <laughs> well, it looks like only a few people actually participated in this. And, you know, here's the problem with ICOs and why the SEC is cracking down. It's because there are people who are criminals that go, hey, here's an easy money grab. Let's throw together a, you know, a fake ICO and put an Ethereum address on it and start pumping it up and we'll take people's money. Mm -hmm. And that ain't kosher. Mm -hmm. Penis. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to say in speaking of that because it has nothing to do with that but i've got no better transition so let's go let's go to our questions voicemail. you have one new message hey guys this is wayne regular from new jersey also wayne aka dr hi travis and joel this is uh kurt in newburgh indiana and I just listened to the latest Ronnie Moaz podcast, which was excellent as usual. I wanted to hear a little bit more from Travis Wright regarding his kind of 10,000 feet investment thesis, looking for strong crypto coins in logistics, gambling, etc. cetera. Uh, not that we're looking for specific coins, but just that – uh, investment thesis and ways to find those good coins. Thanks. Bye. Stay bad. Well, Kurt, great question. Uh, one of the things that, um, you know, I think good coins right now, <laughs> there are none. <laughs> they all suck right now. Uh, but but uh, that's just the nature of the dip right now. But you know what? You want to take a look at the coins that want to do research on maybe the top 20. What are ones that you really like? And uh, what are the technologies or the problems that are solving, right? Go to CoinMarketCap, look at the coin. I like to go to their website. I like to look at their Telegram account. There's also this new app that I found, Mr. Jolcom. Uh, it's called it's called Crypto Tracker Bot. And what's great about it is, is it will tell you when certain coins get added to new exchanges. Like, 
Yesterday, BitThumb started listing uh, VeChain, and VeChain just took off. It grew 30% yesterday. And then it's so it's really interesting. And, and you can pick certain coins that you want to track. Like, I want to know when Dragon Chain gets added to new exchanges. Like, I'd really like to see that on Binance. I want to know when ShipChain or some of these other ones that are getting added to these different exchanges. I want to be notified because then you, you get a little notification. Boom, this coin is going to the moon. It's been added. And what's interesting is like, when new coins get added, like Cryptopia listed InPay, I-N-P-A-Y. I don't even know what InPay is, but over the last 12 hours, it's gone up 50%, right? So it's pretty cool. This Crypto Tracker Bot, that's an Android app. It might also be on Apple as well. Uh, and then, you know, I'll also look at, if I'm looking at ICOs that I want to research, there's a whole bunch of ICO rating sites. And so we did a whole article on that, which was Bad Crypto, episode number 94. So Bad Coin, uh, badco.in forward slash 094. That will give you some some uh, tips and tricks on how to, you know, check out different ICOs and find out which ones look more legit. There are also, I like to, on CoinMarketCap, I like to look at the, uh, there's a tools link there on CoinMarketCap, and then you can see which ones are trending, uh, gainers and losers. And so I like to look at those periodically to see which coins, and then I'll just go in and start doing research and check out their white paper and, and just kind of do my own due diligence. But uh, thanks, you, thanks uh, for the question. You keep talking about Dragon Chain, and like one day if we go to their website and it just says penis, we're going to blame you, Travis. Dude, I know. Penis. Protium. Should be called scrotium. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, snap. Uh, we also got a message from Christina via the contact form at badcryptopodcast.com, and you can click on contact Joel and Travis, and that'll actually contact us. She says, hey, guys, thanks a zillion Satoshi for this podcast. Hyperbole aside, it's honestly my favorite podcast, simultaneously entertaining and informative. I want to share it and cryptocurrency knowledge with the world. Why, thank you, Christina. Aww. Speaking of the world. I have a question that's a bit more local. So far, the few acquaintances I have that are actively crypto curious are in other locations or online, which can feel a little isolating at times. So I'd like to be involved in the crypto blockchain space in my community. Travis, in particular, can you recommend groups or events in Kansas City? I live and work downtown, so many areas are accessible, ready to be a KC crypt or a K. Crypto evangelist, CKC, K crypto evangelist, stay bad. Are you, yeah. I, you know, I'm aware we do have in the Denver area, there's a Rocky Mountain blockchain meetup that takes place. What do you got in KC? Well, there's a couple of really great groups on Facebook. One is called the Kansas City Bitcoin Club. Another one is called Kansas City Bitcoin and Cryptocurrency. There is also a Kansas City meetup around crypto and blockchain. If you want to go ahead and send me an email, Letter T, letter W at TravisWright.com. Um, I can maybe connect you with those folks if you want to chat. And it's so cool. A crypto chick in Kansas City. Very nice. I didn't know one of those existed. I'm sure there's there's many more of those. And, you know, you can go to uh, meetup.com and go to your city and just type blockchain and uh, and, and see what, what comes up you know, that could be interesting to you because there is stuff happening all over the place. And there's a lot more people that are interested in blockchain than, uh, than you might think, because yeah. I've heard it's a thing and it might stick around. Yeah, I heard it is a thing. Now, actually, the Kansas City Bitcoin and cryptocurrency meetup 
There's about 700 members in that, and they meet once a week. The next event is going to be uh, April 18th, Charting Strategies, talking about fundamentals and technical analysis. So very cool. So go to meetup.com and check and see if there is something nearby, because you know what? There's nothing better than than having some face-to-face friends where you can chat about the cryptos. And we intend to bring you all together. We've been talking about Bad Crypticon 2018, and we are very close very close to pulling the trigger. In fact, Mr. Travis Wright, as soon as we're done recording here, we need to actually talk about that because I think we have all the pieces in place. But let's just say y'all are going to want to put Denver mid-July on your calendar and hopefully we'll be able to make a formal announcement and have early bird tickets available for those of you who move fast because it's it's actually going to be a relatively small event some of these blockchain events uh, like our friends at world crypticon they've got like three thousand people coming to vegas you know we're Mm -hmm. looking at it it tops 400 of you so this thing is going to sell out super fast um so more on that soon yeah and you know i don't know i don't know exactly how we're going to do this but um you know i think if you're i I think the very first people that we will message this to is going to be our our newsletter group so if you're not on our newsletter you're going to want to go to badco.in forward slash newsletter. You're going to want to sign up for that. And then also, uh, we, we will let the mastermind group know before as well. Now, I have a question, Mr. Joe Kahn. Was there a winner for this week's um, bad crypto or the uh, the world crypto con? There is, but we don't announce that till Thursday. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. If you guys are interested in joining and now you guys can sign up for our newsletter as well, that will automatically join you uh, to the competition for the World CryptoCon, which is going to be in Vegas, which is exciting. Which is going to be good. It's not going to be bad like ours. But only the truly bad will make it to Denver. And many of you are going to be sad because you're not going to move fast enough to get tickets. So stay tuned for that. Get on the newsletter, badco.in forward slash news. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Until then, how do you say stay bad in Russian again? Hasta vatsa plohim. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.